Hello, everyone. Welcome to Narcissism Recovery Podcast. My name is Yitz Epstein. I'm a narcissistic abuse life coach. And today I will be talking about scapegoating, the scapegoat child's role in a narcissistically abusive household. Firstly, scapegoating has to do with defending one's ego of intolerable feelings of self-shame, blame, hate, anger, and envy uh, by displacing these uh, feelings or projecting them onto a third party um, and ultimately abusing them for having these feelings or I should say for evoking them within the perpetrator. This serves to pacify the inner world of the perpetrator, absolving them of dealing with these issues within themselves. According to an article here by Nick Burton, I'd like to quote the psychology of scapegoating. He says that according to philosopher René Girard, uh, owing to human nature, envy builds up in a society until it reaches a tipping point at which Uh, Order and reason uh, lead to mob rule, chaos, and violence. In order to quell this madness, this chaos, uh, the crowds to to calm things and ultimately restore order, um, and ultimately this creates an existential threat to a society, uh, and therefore uh, there will be a a sort of scapegoated part of the society that will uh, be seen as the reason for it, and ultimately they will be tortured, humiliated, punished, and abused. Now, With narcissistic abusers who are obviously flooded with shame, guilt, and envy uh, within themselves, these feelings will overflow, much like uh, in the case of a society. And these feelings need to go somewhere. At a certain point in time, uh, they will need to either explode or implode on the individual. Oftentimes, they'll explode onto uh, the scapegoated individual, which is usually the scapegoat child. Parents choose a scapegoat child on a whim. Uh, so the narcissistic abuser will uh, decide, and they often can switch roles. They can su- switch the scapegoat child in and out uh, on a whim. Uh, sometimes they can reinforce one specific scapegoat child and continuously abuse them, um, making the uh, making this individual kind of take on the family's problems. Now, the child that is most willing to take on the abuse, uh, the one who's usually trying to pacify everyone, uh, the people-pleasing child, uh, and the one who just wants to uh, essentially oftentimes just wants to say the truth of how they feel uh, innocently uh, will be punished in this way. They will be called crazy, painted as uh, the sick one, really uh, to invalidate their words and make them make them feel uh, essentially like they are uh, really reinforcing, negatively reinforcing within them to, uh, to not speak out. And ultimately, uh, in a sense, it is designed to make them feel crazy and stop treat and, and stop trusting themselves. Uh, they are then treated with uh, with equal or sometimes worse disdain by family members as well, who then blame this child for the perpetrating parents' abuse. So obviously there's going to be abuse on all levels and from from multiple family members. Um, well, not, ever, not, not all the time with multiple members, but there will always be a sort of abuse by proxy uh, where you have the uh, – uh, some triangulation, or you'll have the narcissistic abuse parent kind of make everyone uh, engage in the abuse as well, uh, which leads this scapegoated child with no ability to be heard, understood, reach out for help. They will be cornered, essentially, which oftentimes leads to horrific uh, experiences later on in life of mental illness, oftentimes addiction, and suicide. Knowing that someone is going to have to bear the blame, regardless of the circumstances, uh, kind of sets siblings against each other as well. And I discussed this in my sibling rivalry uh, uh, episode. I talk about how um, 
narcissistic parents actually need that uh, that sibling rivalry to keep the, the tension um, off of themselves, off of the abuse. Um, and the victims, the children of this, or the family members of this family, because they are so uh, terrified of, of of taking on that that those negative feelings and being the scapegoat role, they'll actually side with the perpetrator and start abusing the scapegoat child as well. This is sort of a a strategy to avoid, uh, kind of like a trauma bond, bond with the abuser and then avoid the onslaught of abuse. Uh, this is where they'll actually become the perpetrator as well, oftentimes. Narcissistic mothers, um, or narcissistic parents, but uh, narcissistic mothers use this terror towards their children to become of becoming the scapegoat to maintain control and authority over their children. So this is where um, the subtle subtleties of the abuse here, where everyone is kind of walking on eggshells to make sure that they don't fall out of grace uh, with the with the with the parent who's abusive. Now everyone in the family benefits from the scapegoat child. Uh, they all feel uh, safe and healthy as long as someone else is unhealthy. So they can kind of point to someone who has it worse. Uh, they buy into the brainwash, brainwashing of the narcissistic abuser and often cannot get out of, the mi of this mindset, even in adulthood, uh, where they'll actually continue this sibling rivalry and this, this abuse of the scapegoat child and really blame them and even hate them for what they had to go through, not realizing that it was actually set up this way by the narcissistic parent. With narcissistic parents, whichever one it is, mother or father, it becomes sort of a team sport, flying monkeys, everyone riling up the crew, uh, and everyone really picks on this individual. Um, the, the scapegoat child falls into the storyline, the mythology uh, that everyone tells themselves and others about this family, about uh, both in childhood and adulthood, um, which becomes almost the truth. Um, um, and you know, really, everyone will start to be so brainwashed and, and identify with the fact that this person is the cause uh, and very hard to get out of that childhood programming and see it for what it is, which is narcissistic abuse. Victims of being of scapegoating or the scapegoat child develop extreme inner shames, have self-hate, and often, oftentimes have remarkably low self-esteem and self-image, which is oftentimes why they don't escape and really are stuck in this very difficult uh, situation, oftentimes bonding themselves to the family because they don't even know how to navigate any uh, relationship outside of being abused. Uh, this is oftentimes where you'll see them grow up and, and leave the home, but then man manifest abusive relationships as well. Um, they feel like a failure without even trying. They may not even try to succeed uh, because they don't really even believe that they're capable of success. They have been so humiliated. Uh, I will add, though, that the scapegoat child, um, this alongside the uh, lost child role, will oftentimes be the one who escapes this unit because they are they're aware that that this is not comfortable and there's motivation to find refuge and peace and therefore look for truth of what happened to them. So while this is certainly without a doubt the most devastating role to play, there is a silver lining. In adult life, their relationship, relationships oftentimes are very codependent. They become people pleasing, uh, attracting similar narcissistic dynamics or become narcissistic themselves to kind of um, kind of take back the power of the helplessness they feel uh, from being abused in this way. They're often motivated by an inner drive to prove their parents wrong and finally gain some grace in the narcissistic parent and not be scapegoated. 
and finally accept that this is where you see the relationship pattern that does not end once childhood ends. They desperately want this parent's approval. We all do. All children do. All people do. We want our parents to be happy with us. The scapegoat child has this sort of existential problem where they cannot be accepted, and they never feel like they are uh, are really acceptable. And um, they're they're driven to, to, to give in to some sort of success that they, that they feel like their parent would want from them. So I want to offer some tips. Uh, if you are the scapegoat child, if you've been scapegoated, the journey is brutal. My my empath I empathize uh, with you because ultimately um, it is it is certainly a brutal journey of loneliness and sadness and shame. But it's important to understand that as you start to get to know yourself and learn about who you are, um, you can really become a very strong adult, an independent adult. Healing is very possible. But it's important to uh, to do the healing journey, do the healing work, and 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 realize that it's not going to come without work. Because ultimately, there's some messages, there's some shame, there's some wounds that need to be worked through to become your own independent self, and really see the narcissistic, abusive parent uh, for who they are, an abuser. That's tough to see, um, but ultimately facing what has happened to you. Uh, sometimes going no contact is important because you have to get that that separation from your family. Otherwise, you are not going to be able to see yourself outside of the system. Find a professional coach, therapist, psychologist, uh, somebody who understands family systems therapy. Uh, learn to self-differentiate and gain your personal power back. Become an individual where you can really feel confident and strong. Uh, deal with your wounds and shame. Uh, this will really help you become independent and therefore your confidence, your self-esteem will rise as you become more sure of who you are and what you're not. You are not what, they, what your parent family of origin made you believe you are. Uh, you were used uh, as a sort of dumpster. Uh, you are more than that. So identify uh, your wounds of childhood and deal with your shame and uh, get separation and ultimately become uh, the person you were meant to be. I work with a form of therapy called the mind map. And the mind map is, is designed... Uh, and very much founded on family systems, Bowen Family Systems Therapy, which is identified, which is designed to identify your programming, your childhood programming, and help you individuate, become your own person, and not accept continuously these messages, even though you are an adult. These messages stick around. We got to flush them out, identify, uh, become your own independent self. Uh, this is very possible, and certainly part of what we do with the mind map is help you identify who you are from who you're not. You are an individual. Uh, who's strong, confident, and deserves peace and, and love in your life. But if this is not happening, uh, we want to find out why. And if you're a scapegoat child, this will probably ring true because of the fact that you have never had a voice and the ability to be your own sense of self, to be heard, accepted, and understood. I offer a free 15-minute consultation, so please do reach out if you're struggling. I can be reached at 252-696-4852 uh, by email yitz, Y-I-T-Z, at psychologicalhealingcenter.com. I want to thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It's an honor to be able to deliver this message, this information to you. Uh, please do like and share it if you found it beneficial. And until next time, all the best.